to God's glory. And we're so privileged to have uh, Brian Guerin with us, the founder of Bridal Glory International. And last session, he teached on God's glory. And today, I'll have him in my, my studio to talk about the same topic. Welcome, Brian. Oh, it's so good <laughs> to be here. Love you guys. Yeah. And uh, it's so powerful, God's glory. We have to, what is God's glory? I know you mentioned it, but what is it? Yeah, that's yeah, a great question. Um, and it's funny when you really start looking at scripture and the true breakdown of, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew of the word glory, it's quite ironic that it's, it's a bit vague. And, and I, I, I'm almost glad that God did that. I feel like he did that on purpose. We know it's the manifest presence of God himself, the glory of God, but also it, there's a bit of vagueness to it. And even you see this when God goes to encounter Moses, he wouldn't let him see him face to face. He says, look, I'll cover you and pass you by and let you see my goodness. And you see different instances where when God manifests, he's in a cloud. And I think the reason God did this is for two reasons. Okay. Because us as humans, we, we so want to uh, form idols and, and box things in. Mm. You know, you see this when Moses ascended and the glory of God came. Well, the children of Israel quickly made an idol, a golden calf. They just, we always want to set certain parameters around what we know. And, and God's so vast and full and big in all of who he is in his manifest presence that we can't contain him. You know, the Bible says the carnal mind can't contain all the things of the spirit. And so I think if we had a specific definition or detail of his manifest presence, we would box him in and limit God. And, um, and he displays in so many different ways that I touched on in the teaching just yeah, now. Yeah, you said so. it's different ways. Yeah. And you also read that from the scriptures that God, God's glory cover the earth. Yeah. In what way does it cover the earth? Yeah, well, yeah, you're referring to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. It says, in regarding the, the last days that I believe we're in the beginning of, that the knowledge of God's glory will cover the earth as the waters the sea. And that word knowledge there is an experiential term, meaning the experience of God's glory will cover the earth as the waters of the sea. And uh, there's so many different ways, you know, God's glory can be made manifest. Do you have uh, any examples? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but first, I think it's good to note from um, Revelation and even Ezekiel, when you get near the throne, the glory of God, there's always this rainbow that right there that tells you from a prophetic symbolism that, you know, rainbows are multifaceted, different colors of display. So that right there shows you that God's glory can manifest in so many different ways for different purposes and reasons. And so to answer your question, though, yeah, we know God is, even there's so many names to God. So if we're talking about the offshoot in the tangible manifest presence of God himself, it can often look like healing and miracles flowing into a meeting, uh, financial provision, the manifest presence of wonders in the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus said, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so often we see tangible manifestations of, he of heaven start to appear in the earth in wonders. And it's, you know, it's the signs and wonders of God's glory that begin to manifest. Um, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 
verse 1, that we are to be stewards of the mysteries of God. How, are, how can we be that? Yeah. Be a steward. Yeah, so in regarding God's manifest presence and these wonders I was telling you that begin to appear, it's really beginning to lean in and journal what God's doing. Why is he doing this? When and how? And following God's voice and manifest presence and, and all of how he moves. So, yeah, but I mean, other ones. Um, Do you take notes? Do you have a journal, journal for stewarding God like that? Yeah, yeah. So, and you see this all throughout Scripture where Daniel chapter 7, this is a whole other teaching, but he says, you know, this is the dream I had, O king, and this is its record. Um, you know, he would even journal when he had encounters to the exact month and day. You see in uh, Daniel chapter 10, Gabriel comes to him, an encounter in the presence of God, and he says even where he was at, down to the detail of the bank of the Nile, and first month, 24th day, and so you see these prophets in the prophetic following of God's voice, they would journal and log God's voice, and so yeah, I'll journal and do that as well, so yeah. But how have you experienced uh, God's glory in your personal life? Yeah. When did it start? Yeah, um, well there was a season really uh, during Bible college leading right up to the end where I began to just get really hungry and, and seek God for like countless hours a day. You know, I kind of made a vow to God that um, I would spend no less than nine hours a day with Him. I didn't have a job at the time. And, and so I just vowed my life to him. Ministry wasn't even on the radar, really. I just loved Jesus and his presence. And so it's funny, my journey was by accident, to be honest with you, in a lot of the things we see now, you know, in public settings or in ministry of the corporate manifestation of God's glory. It was like I was starting to tap into these things in secret and didn't realize it started happening in the public. So it was totally by accident, what, you know. What do you mean in the secret? You yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting there in, in the secret place of prayer, um, time of being with the Lord in prayer, his, so His presence, God's glory would begin to manifest. How does it, the glory manifest in the secret place? Yeah, yeah, so different ways of His presence coming in, you know, the, the cloud of God's glory can manifest like I touched on earlier. So you, you personally experienced that, the cloud of the, the Lord came uh, we, into your room? Yeah, we've seen, you know, hazes and things like this appear in different settings of God's glory. Um, you know, just the manifestation of God. And um, so, yeah, it's just really exciting, the, the, the presence, so, yeah. And you mentioned Moses. Um, do you have any other um, scriptural uh, examples from this glory of God? Um, yeah, so Moses, you see it in Exodus 24, where he, the first time he goes up onto the mountain and God's glory uh, descends upon the mountain in the form of a cloud, you know, and God literally called Moses up into the cloud and began to speak to him in a very relational way. And it's funny because as you read further, you see where the children of Israel are at the base of the mountain, and they look at that same, what Moses sees as a cloud of God's glory, but they see it as fire, mm -hmm. you know, an all-consuming fire, which is very interesting, and I have touched on this before, but it's where they had sin and impurity in their life. And so that's another key note to notice about God's manifest presence. He'll normally appear in reflection to where you're at in your depth of your spiritual walk. So okay. if yeah, you're living in sin and have impurities, he still loves you. He wants to touch you, but he may appear as a all-consuming fire to purge out, which is sin, you know.
Whereas Moses, who was living holy and pure, clean hands and a pure heart, who could ascend the hill of God, God's glory was like a cloud, which is very relational. You can enter and be enveloped and touched by. So. Wow. Yeah. But um, how can we create in our personal life, you mentioned some keys, this atmosphere mm -hmm. of God's glory. And um, are there something hindering us to enter, you said, sin in our lives? Mm -hmm. So you, you, we have to more, more keys. You, sin is a key mm -hmm. and purity. What else do we have to prepare for, the, for God to come? Yeah, so, uh, you know, living holy, like, like, uh, like you were just talking about, Psalms 24 says that if we want to ascend to the hill of God and stand and dwell in his holy place, the glory of God, we must be a people that have clean hands and a pure heart. And, um, but another one is forming a real strong secret place that I was touching on earlier, which is basically time with God, you know. The Bible says, go into your closet mm. and shut the door behind you. So it's a secret place. It's time with God, just you and him. And your father that sees what you do in secret will reward you in, in public, you know. And so forming a real uh, quality time with God every day of spending time in his presence and his glory. And that's what will begin to happen through intimacy. His manifest presence will begin to come over your life in various different ways and then you start to see it you know on the on the outward time but yeah even in exodus 24 moses ascended and god said come up the mountain and wait mm. so waiting in the presence of god is very very key R remaining abiding residing in the presence of god and so moses waited there for six days and then god finally spoke on the seventh day you know and i think far too often we we don't want to wait. You know? No, we're too busy. Oh yes, yeah, so we busy. We have two tight schedules. Yeah, I got to check our emails <laughs> and what's on Facebook. You know, and, and I, I love all of that stuff. And God doesn't have a problem with it. But sometimes I think we need to just shut off to life, turn our phones off, you know, our emails off, and, and get away with God, so to speak, like Moses. Go up the mountain and and wait. Mm. And when you have that mentality of like, look, I'm just going to wait until God comes, you know, and mm. and not rush this thing. And you have no other plan B or C or D. It's just, I'm going to come, God, and I'm not leaving till you come. He starts to show up in such a powerful way, and, and experiential glory begins to increase in your life, you know. So. Do you have any examples of doing that? We just go into our closet, and if nothing happens after five minutes, ten minutes, how yeah. long do we have to wait? Yeah. Do, I you, mean, ha have, do you have any experiences? Yeah, yeah. So, um, many throughout the years, but, but, and I'll go into some of that, but like I said, Moses, he was there six days. Six but, days. Yeah, and God never even spoke until the seventh day. And for us, we think, like you just said, it could be six minutes or definitely not six hours. We're thinking, <laughs> no way, I'm busy, you know. And so it really comes down to what's important, you know, do you really want to experience the glory of God in his presence? Do you think he tests our, our hearts that way as well? I during think so. the waiting? I think so, to yeah. To see our hunger? Yeah, I think so. That definitely applies. And also, he knows that the more we abide in his presence, we're tr we are transformed. It's really for our, our good, you know, that we begin to get transformed into his likeness the more we are in him. You know, Jesus said, abide in me, and then you'll, you'll bear much fruit. But, um, yeah, there's been many a times where I'll be in prayer, not till the third day, you know, I'll step into some... Okay. Yeah, profound encounter that has appeared in different ways from God speaking like he did to Moses. Like the, you'll feel the glory of God come in 
in such a rich, strong way, which again, we've seen many wonders come from. And uh, the angelic really increases in that dimension because they're messengers. Mm. You know, Hebrews chapter one says, aren't angels messengers, ministering spirits. And so, um, but yeah, sometimes there'll be days, hours and days, and, and, uh, which to God, those really not that long. You know, the Bible says a day is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as a day to God. So really he's in all of time. So we, we need to submit our schedule to, to him. You know, don't try and make him f squeeze his time into our busy schedule. So yeah, it's a real key, just waiting on him and being still. So. And um, do you have uh, specific times during the day which are be better than others? In the morning, is that a good time for putting God yeah. first? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'll try to, uh, you know, there's different ways of obviously spending time with God through, if you're more waiting to, mm. in a, on the receiving end to hear from God versus there's dialogue prayer where we ask, seek, and knock, you know. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so um, even in, in waiting upon the Lord, I, I like the early morning hours, to be honest with you. Uh, everything's still. Mm. There's, there's no desire to check your emails because nobody's emailing you. There's, there's not going to be anybody calling you or text messaging you. And uh, the Bible even says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, that Jesus got up well before the sun, meaning mm. hours before the sun and went to a solitude place by himself. He, he departed from the disciples and to be in prayer, you know, and so I love the early morning hours. I feel like you can really uh, draw, there's a lot less distractions. Mm. It's a lot more quiet. I mean, the birds aren't even chirping. You can just, you know, <laughs> kind of get real still and, and wait on God, so, yeah. And you mentioned also um, the similarities between the ark. We are his temple. Yeah. And this story from um, scriptures where the ark is being moved, mm -hmm. do you think um, favor and wisdom comes with the glory of God in our lives? Oh, of course, yeah, because... Can you tell us that story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, obviously with God and all wisdom and favor, so basically any of his attributes, as you draw near and reside in his glory, they begin to come upon your life, you know. And so... Um, you even see this with Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, where God came in a dream and imparted the fullness of wisdom to him. He was the wisest man to ever step foot on the earth yeah. from the glory of God through a dream. God encountered him and de deposited that. And with wisdom comes favor. Even Proverbs says, with wisdom come riches mm. and financial blessing. And I know you love the story with Obed-Edom. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, because uh, he got the ark for three months, right? Right, right. And his whole household just got um, blessed. Totally, totally, yeah. And that's just such a proven incident in Scripture of those that dwell near the glory of God. And, and there wasn't anything spectacular about Obed-Edom, anything he did or worked at to prove himself to be true. It was God's presence. Just mm. like you said, his glory got near his life, and then there came the blessing and the favor. And it stands to be true today, you know. But I just think often... We get so busy in putting our hands on things and we don't focus on the ark and keeping it near his glorious presence. And that's where things begin to lift. Yeah, yeah you, you told us to not put our hands on things. And uh, you also mentioned in the secret place, you didn't put your hands on it, mm -hmm. what God did. Yeah. What do you mean by that? 
Yeah, so in, in the book of Exodus, you see where God speaks to Moses an exact design for the tabernacle that would house the presence of God. And the first item he tells Moses to build is the ark, the very box that God's glory would appear and manifest in. And a very key detail about this ark is right at the end, God says, look, once you finish making the box, attach four rings to the bottom of it, and we'll put transporting poles through it. Meaning, you know, once my, once my glory fills the box, you just move it by the transporting poles. You don't touch it directly. And that's a real prophetic image or depiction of how we should live our lives. You know, when God begins to fill our individual lives or even in corporate settings in ministry, uh, far too often, we as believers and ministers want to get in the way or put our hands on something or we think we have a better way about it or I have a fancy sermon I want to finish or whatever it may be. And we just need to learn how to more host his presence and grab those transporting poles but not touch his glory direct and let him reign, you know, and have move. Have you experienced and, to put your hands on the and God just uh, yeah. disappeared? Yeah, yeah, there was a, a story. Um, actually, I remember mentioning it to, to you all yesterday that I learned a big lesson from. I was preaching in Brazil and uh, through like a vision or a dream, I knew a dir direction to go in the meeting that God would show up. And so I began to share this revelation and God's glory came in powerfully. You could see similar to, to last night's meetings, just people getting hit by the power of God and, and uh, under the weighty glory and, and, and shaking and joy and all this. And I'm obviously in Brazil, so I'm going through an interpreter into Portuguese, so English to Portuguese. And I began to sit there because God's glory came in to the ark. And I was just sitting there holding the transporting poles, just letting God move and just trying to see what direction he was going. But I could feel the thoughts of my interpreter was very uncomfortable in that moment. Okay. Because, and as you probably know this, even the as- silence. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, sometimes as preachers, we feel like we always need to be saying something yeah. or can't have a, a lull. And I could feel that. This was early in ministry many years ago. And so I submitted to the fear of man to please this interpreter because I felt it was awkward for them. And so I just began preaching again so they would feel like we were saying something. I got my hands on the ark and I can't tell you how fast the glory of God left the meeting. I mean, it lifted so fast and I was like, oh, I learned, learned a big lesson. Um, you know, God isn't upset with you when you do that. We, we learn. He's a very loving God and patient, but um, you know, we, we cry out, show us your glory. And then when he comes, we, we get in the way. And so we need to learn to be a people to cry out but also when his glory comes to, you know, be able to move out of the way as well, you know, and put our egos mm -hmm. aside. Or I've had so many times where I thought I had some polished sermon. It was going to be such a powerful meeting and God's glory came in and I never even got to preach anything. <laughs> you know, he's not interested with that a lot of times. So, yeah. Do you think a lot of people are skeptical to God's glory I in would, the way it manifests? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's a great question because like I mentioned earlier, you know, God's glory can show up in so many different ways at times. And so I think certain aspects of who God is and manifest, sometimes people have problems with. So you may often see where God's glory will come in a meeting, you know, where the Bible says his presence was there to heal. Mm. And you'll see predominantly God moving in healings and miracles in a meeting. 
and often people are okay with that, but then God's glory, that rainbow, that different color will come off and it'll manifest in a meeting and you start seeing some really wild wonders. You know, we've seen some very interesting things start to wow. like oil coming out of people's hands, gold, I mean, really wild stuff out in the crowd. And, um, and sometimes people get uneasy about that. And I understand that, you know. But how do uh, we um, see the difference? Is it God? Is it not God? See the difference how? If it's real. <clears throat> If this, oh, is yeah, it yeah. from God or is it not from God? People ask in their minds. Yeah, totally. Um, typically, How do we tell? Yeah, well, obviously the healings and miracles, I mean, it's pretty obvious or you get them doctor verified. In the signs and wonders, we've seen them where they're typically undeniable. And they usually, I love this, they happen out in the crowd in the most random spots. I'm on the stage, I have nothing to do with it. It's just so undeniable. Like I remember, um, uh, I was in Colombia recently preaching in a young girl who had never seen these wonders before, had no clue what it was. We have this on video. She was way back in the back on the aisle. And I began to talk about the glory of God. You could feel the atmosphere shift. I even feel it now. Mm -hmm. And um, all of a sudden this thick, clear oil started coming out of her palms and there was gold all in this oil. And she, I saw her, she didn't know what was happening. And um, and usually this is a sign and wonder of God's healing power. You know, the Bible says anoint with oil and hands laid on. And where God wants to use this girl with a gift of healing. It was a sign and wonder. And so we begin to prophesy and, and release that into the meeting. And um, we've seen many others, but they're usually undeniable. It's like the, the way they appear or manifest. Uh, now, other false stuff we don't pay attention to, you know, because you don't want to be a distraction. So. Uh, can you pray, Brian, for the viewers and the people watching to impart, to have, let them experience God's glory more in their lives? Yeah, of course, I'd be honored to. Yeah, so even there, you know, wherever you may be, right there in your home or mobile device, you may be in a cafe, I just want you to receive as we pray for an increase of the glory of God uh, within our lives and, and that God would touch you and manifest in a whole new way within, within your life. So. Uh, God, even now, I thank you for each and everyone watching and listening. And we pray, show us your glory, like Moses did. Show us your glory, God. If your glory does not go with us, we don't want to go. God, I pray for your manifest presence to, to come upon each and every one right now. Just receive the glory of God. We, we welcome the multifaceted nature of who you are in every way. God, I pray for healing to flow from your glory, supernatural provision to be loosed in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the manifest wonders from your presence. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, God, and, and I thank you for revelation to flow, dreams, visions, your manifest presence to touch us in a whole fresh new way, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. So good to have you here, Brian, yeah, to talk to you. And next session, yeah. you'll be teaching about the secret place. How special is that for you? <laughs> yeah, to me, it's really, um, uh, you know, it's the most important, I think, message to everything that we do. I feel like it's the highest priority in life and such a key. So, yeah, and also it's such an honor to be here. You know, I love Vision Norway, love all that you guys do, touching the world. So super exciting to be here. So thank you, and thank you everybody for watching this program. So like I said, next session is Brian. He's going to teach about the secret place. So don't miss it.
and God bless you. Thank you.